welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. It feels so good to be back on the mic with you, Brian. Bucks is back. Baby is sleeping. Big sister is sleeping. Let's fucking do this podcast, baby. Bucks, huge week for you. Not as great of a wild card, but you added a lot more versatility to your growing squad out there in Brooklyn, welcoming baby Natalie into the fold. Congrats. We have a new future Chelsea Blue supporter as well, and hopefully a supporter of this pod. Yeah, listen, she doesn't have any funds to be a Patreon or a uh, a supporter in that way as of yet, but uh, yet, time will yet. tell. and. Time will tell. And and listen, she watched the game with me today. Uh, we're recording this podcast Tuesday, March 7th in the evening, following a tremendous and long-coming Chelsea win where they actually scored more than one goal. And I like to credit that mostly to a fantastic performance from the boys in blue, but also in a small, small bit. <laughs> Baby Natalie watching with me. That was the magic that that changed the fortune for the team. Look, she brought a little bit of the baby lady luck to the Chelsea Blues. They were able to retake the penalty kick, which Jude was not happy to see some of his comments about uh, that after the match. Uh, The Athletic was talking to him and he was not pleased that they were able to retake that. And it was un chiste grande in his eyes, a big joke. Yeah, listen, Chelsea, uh, when you play at Stamford Bridge on a cold night, Champions League match, you're inviting some controversy. So uh, that's what happened. I think Chelsea were the better side in both legs. So this is a deserved result in my eye and also head and heart alignment because holy cow, I was going nuts. I think I might have killed my neighbor the way I was celebrating that first goal when it went in. Yeah, look, and they still needed to add another. So good to see the Chelsea Blues score two goals. And like I said earlier in one of our WhatsApp groups, The manager who lived, Potter sees another day, two straight victories for the first time in basically months. So we're excited to be into the quarters. Hey, that's all that matters. Let's get into the FPL content that our listeners who are loyal and love us and we love them back. Why they're here. Let's talk about FPL game week 26. We were both on wildcard. It went well for you. Not so much for me. Tell the listeners. I mean, I'm glad you're taking some ownership for the listeners saying they love us. But uh, if they wild carded with us last week, they probably had some mixed emotions. But with that being said, my team earned a small green arrow. And hey, I'll take a green anytime I can get one. And hopefully this is a turning point in the season. Overall, I ended up with 49 points on my wild card. And a big reason why I wildcarded, as discussed on the solo pod last week, which I desperately missed you on, Bucks. That was a a stressful one. I was traveling. I was actually in Venice Beach in L.A. doing some work stuff and trying to pod from the hotel. And then, you know, you were out of commission. So it was a bit of a tough one, but I got through it. And really, I had some problems in my team, especially after the FA Cup results. We saw that the fixtures just aligned and... You know, I I had a tough a tough game week 25. So I was like looking at my squad. Akanji had been a problem. Tarkowski, Necktie had lost his spot in Arsenal. I had Bueno. Darwin was looking dumpy. And I just decided to hit the wild card button. So it is what it is. I ended up with 49 points, a green arrow. I captained Sokka for four points. That one kind of stung, but it was between him and Holland. And ultimately, Holland only got four points after his assist in yellow card. So not too much in between captaincy between those two. Matoma was my big star of the game week, 13 points, a goal and assist and a couple bonus right behind McAllister for the likes of Brighton. And, you know, again, I think I'm really well equipped for double game week 27. And that is really going to be the turning point, whether this wild card was a big mistake or not for me personally, When I'm looking at my team from game week 25, I ended up with probably about 15 less points. I think my wildcard team ended up with 49, and then my team previously would have been on about 65. But again, this whole game week just hinges on this absolutely shocking, stunning match between between Liverpool and 
man, you who would have guessed that it would have been seven zero. So that's me in a nutshell. Forty nine points, small green. We keep it moving. Six doublers in the upcoming double game week. How did you go, Bucks? Because this was one of your busiest weeks ever, and you still found time to wild card. Yeah, this was a uh, big blunder on my part. I got some FOMO waiting uh, with my baby at the nursery in the hospital. There's not a lot for new dads to do uh, when you're just in the hospital. I mean, credit to my wife. She was the real perma captain and uh, she was incredible through this whole process. But I'm just sitting there. I had brought her dinner. I'm laying on this really uncomfortable sofa and we're just waiting for the baby to come back and I'm scrolling FPL. And my team, like yours, Brian, had a lot of issues to address. I had Darwin, who was coming off injury. Niketia, he wasn't looking great. I had Mares, who ends up getting benched. I kind of foresaw that coming. Andreas, it was not a player I wanted to keep long term. And yeah, there was just problems abound. I had Tarkowski, Patterson. The list goes on and on. It was pretty yucky. But I did have Salah, and I did have Darwin, and... So in this game week, after wildcarding, I end up on a huge red arrow. I end up with only 37 points and one goal and one assist total in my wildcard team. Not what you want to see by any stretch of the imagination. And if I just held my moves, if I didn't change anything, I would have had 33 points between Salah and Darwin alone. So safe to say my wildcard cost me about 40 points. So I'm way further in the mud than you are. But like we've been saying so far on this intro, which is probably dragging a little too long, nothing can get me down right now. Chelsea win. My family's winning. So let's dive into the recap. I think the uh, the actual best way to define it is that you just really gave your FPL season of vasectomy. And uh, you, uh, you definitely uh, twisted some tubes and unfortunately ended up on a red arrow this game week. But... Hopefully better days ahead. Yeah, and I should note that I am really well set up for double game week 27 as well as double game week 29. However, we'll talk about it in a little. Sanchez was one of my picks on wildcard and he gets benched. So I think my team looks out of nowhere, out Out of of nowhere, absolutely blindsided. I'm on a gray dot with his six or seven points, actually. So the fact that I don't get those, I get zero points. So that's that's a hard one to swallow. Fortunately, Keppa comes in. He does the business. But I think just long term, that might be a future minus four waiting to happen. So a lot of FPL fuckery came and bit me after <laughs> my late night tinkers. I mean, long term, this is this is short term. This might be a transfer you make this week, which we'll we'll discuss shortly. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. From my really down in the dumps FPL performance, let's just quickly highlight the manager of the game week in our FPL Blues podcast league. And this man is going to be a podcast guest in the next couple of weeks. Amar Solanke, his team, Wu-Tang Wang, monster scored 91 points. He was the only one on solid captain in our 200 member mini league. So uh, mini golf Insane. clap to Amar. He is mini a golf clap. Fan. No, no, let's let's clap it out loud woo, and woo, proud. Woo, woo, woo. Absolutely unreal game week for Amar. He is a really classy manager. We've been in a couple of different mini leagues with him outside of the FPL Blues Super League, which is open to all of our listeners and open to the public. But Amar, stroke of absolute genius, gets a 91-point score. He gets 42 points from the solid cap, and he went from all the way at 32K overall to 4K overall right now in the world. So, Hats off to you, Amar. He also sits atop of our FPL Blue Super League at the moment and has an actual really big cushion. So very impressive. Yeah, he's really setting a Usain Bolt level pace at the top of our mini league. And so credit to him. And he's he's the one to catch. He's the one to watch out for. He still has his wild card, uh, which is something we will definitely discuss with him on a future podcast. So is, is Amar based in the UK? Where is he again? He's a Liverpool diehard based in Leicester. So we're going to have a weird whoa, scheduling whoa, whoa. <laughs> scheduling project getting him involved. But uh, we definitely want to get him on the podcast to have our listeners hear from one of the best managers right now in the world. He won our private mini league last season. He's looking to make it two for two. And uh, yeah, great guy as well. So we'll get him involved. Maybe in I'll, the next I'll be years. the judge of that. I'll be <laughs> the judge of that. I, w- I would all actually right, prefer right. if. I would prefer if Amar wasn't such a good guy so that I could 
not feel as bad uh, for him doing so well and crushing us. All right, Grinch, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll dive into the action in game week 26 before flipping ahead to double game week 27. Welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. We're going to go through some of the highs and lows of game week 26, especially since Bucks and I activated our wildcard chip. So let's start off first, though, with the IRL results of Arsenal with a dreamlike comeback to beat the Bournemouth Cherries. Three to two, Bucks. Arsenal gunned down the Cherries. They squash them and they get an extra time game winner. The 97th minute goal from Reese Nelson in what was supposed to be only six minutes of extra time. Little controversy there. Love to see that. And it's just continues a dream season for Arsenal. They have almost done no wrong the entire length of the season so far. They sit atop the table, well-deserved. And it's results like these and resilient performances like these where they actually went down to a side that's now in 20th place in the table, and yet they storm all the way back, get the three points. Huge result. Unexpected performance from Bournemouth, to be honest, but Arsenal did what they need to do. They did just enough to get the points, and that's going to be a huge game when we look back at the results at the end of the season. And a huge result for Nelson. I mean, he's played less than 90 minutes combined this whole FPL season, and the two games that he's had I think he has two goals and one assist somehow so like truly incredible for him to come off the bench and then again like thinking about Arteta as manager to bring in a player who has hardly seen any run has been kind of hampered with a few injuries to really have what is probably the most iconic moment of his young career stroke a genius and it left FPL managers wanting more though because They concede two goals, so no points for the defense. Unless, of course, you get Ben White's first goal in an Arsenal shirt. He comes in with some points, but captainers of Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, all versus Bournemouth get blanked. We should just give some appreciation and some love to Benny Blanco, Ben White. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the English national team. He's absolute class. He came in as a center back. He's now playing out wide for Arsenal guy is just a machine i think he's deserves to be a starting center back on the upcoming euros team and i think he's going to have a lot more influence long term he's a real player uh great purchase by arsenal despite the high fee from brighton a couple of years ago and he's really transformed the defense because you see arsenal with tamiyasu they're nowhere near as quality as they are at the back when they have benny blanco in i mean this was surprising as well because Ben White started on the bench and Tamiyasu had a shocking first half. It was it was pretty poor. Horrible. And horrible. Um, especially his end product on some crosses and stuff. And, and obviously Ben White is, is a very hard worker. He's in the right positions defensively most of the time. He's not going to be a TAA or a Reese James in terms of crossing the ball, but he's involved and he, he really helped shore up their defense in the second half and getting his first goal must have been quite the moment for him. He's he did what I've been hoping Gabrielle was going to do for like the last six game weeks. So that was a <laughs> kick in the nuts. Let's keep it moving. Speaking of kick in the nuts, if you are a Manchester United fan, maybe go on mute for a couple seconds. It could be a little painful, soggy sorrows the next little bit because Liverpool blew the freaking doors off Manchester United 7-0, and it was 1-0 going into halftime. So that second half was like, oh, man, that, that was so painful to watch. And Blitzkrieg. It was a blitz. I, I did not see this coming from a neutral fan point of view. Like, we've seen Manchester United being great form this season. They've been solid in attack. Rashford, Bruno, Anthony, they've been clicking on a lot of cylinders, and They just won the who cares about cup and to put in this type of performance away from home is very, very uh, surprising, frankly. And and that's why, like, honestly, when I look at my wild card, I think if you play this match a hundred times, this happens like three times out of a hundred. Like this is such an anomaly and it caused huge 
kind of um, you know friction within the FPL community between people who wildcarded in game week 26 and those who just held on to their Liverpool assets. So um, it was quite the turning point in the season, quite frankly. I would say even less. This is the tide for the largest ever margin of defeat that Manchester United have ever had. And this is one of the largest, most storied clubs in all of Europe, let alone in the Premier League. 7-0 is an ass-kicking of epic proportions. And yep. if we reset and look only at the FPL scorelines, there were just points left, right, and center for all these Liverpool players, starting with the FPL Egyptian king himself, Mo Salah. He has 21 points, two goals, two assists. Obviously, he gets the three bonus points. And Mo you know, Salah, motherfucking Mo Salah. Oh, my goodness. I had to watch from behind the couch, and then it was 4-0, and I turned it off. I, I was like, all right, I'm going to spend some time with my wife. I have no Liverpool assets. This is just, I can't even believe what's happening. Because the first Saturday of the week, I was feeling, all right, my wild card's in a good spot. Like, you know, should get a decent size green arrow. And then this just crazy output from all Liverpool attackers. Every single one of them just bangs. Mo Salah, fun fact, has more yellow cards this season for taking his shirt off in celebration than from open field play. So that is a really unique <laughs> stat that I saw on the Twitter timeline. I mean, you mentioned I think, it. I think I can. I think I can top that. I think Salah actually has more yellow cards from taking his shirt off than Manchester United has goals in the last two times that they've visited Anfield. Like that. That's an even crazier stat. Oh my goodness. Wow. You're kicking, you're kicking a lot of listeners when they're down right now. And I know it's coming for me next. Let's keep it going. Gakpo also, he was on the bench for a number of FPL managers. He hauls 14 points. He was on hat trick. His first goal, unbelievable. Well taken. So he ends up with two. Darwin gets a brace as well for 12 FPL points. Firmino came on. He gets a goal. Van Dyke, TAA, pretty much every single player gets a return. And it was just unbelievable. Liverpool fans, pat yourself on the back because you are officially in the top four race. And yeah, they're back. You know, we were kicking Liverpool with us. We were grabbing onto them. We're saying, you know, Chelsea suck this year, but at least so does Liverpool. Not anymore. They are looking like a team well-revived and fully on their asthma meds. Yeah, they're going to make a big push for top four, and they seem to have five straight clean sheets in the Premier League. They're looking very fruitful from an attacking perspective. Um, as a side note, just wanted to give a, a really uh, condolences to one of my best friends in the world, Sammy Grady. She had both Ward and Gakpo on her bench. So 11 points from Ward, 14 points from Gakpo, just sitting on the bench, started Mitrovic over Gakpo. Yikes, that did not turn out well. But based on the previous game week, it's hard to blame her for benching Gakpo, who had been in and out of the lineup. Obviously, he's going to rotate with Jota, and he comes up huge in this game week. Yeah, one last point on this game. I mean, United defense have looked incredible. So this really is a total out-of-nowhere performance, very unlike them. I also thought Rashford was extremely wasteful. Bruno Fernandez was back on his bullshit for the reasons that I disliked him as a player in years past, spending more time yelling at the refs and gesticulating than actually playing quality football. But that's what happens when you're in when you're in it and you're really getting routed, you know. Everything looks bad. It's easy to pile on, but uh, I think we're going to see a big bounce pack performance from United and the pressures on teams like Newcastle, Tottenham and Manchester United in the top four contests because Liverpool are humming right now. Let's let's go to the next match, which is Brighton. Um, ho indeed, Bucks. I was happy to see Brighton with a 4-0 victory as I am tripled up on Brighton from my wild card. And I made a very smart decision to start the eye test king Matoma over March in my personal side. Matoma and Mac Daddy get 13 and 14 points respectively. Very impressive from an attacking perspective. They could have had six to eight goals in this one as well. And they just ran over West Ham, who are obviously not having a great season, but could still put up some kind of resilience. And instead, there was none. Yeah, and I think if you're a Marsh owner like I am, Pretty unlucky because the advanced hey, me, too. me too. I'm a Marsh owner too. 
Yeah, the advanced stats said that he was actually equal to McAllister and Matoma from an XG perspective. He missed a couple quality chances. So I think if you own him, probably not worth the sideways swap in the upcoming game week for the double. But I think you just got to believe that one of these Brighton players is going to make a really strong case. One of these Brighton midfield players, to be clear, is going to make a really strong captaincy call for double game week 27. Yeah, Bucks. I mean, it's March Madness, baby. We need Sally to bring us some points in these two upcoming double game weeks, and I'll be happy to have him for not only 27, but to also bench boost in 29. Yeah, otherwise I'm going to be a real Sally sorrow over here. It's uh, it's getting bad. Keeping it womp moving, Bob. Womp. Keeping it moving, Bob the Monster, Rob Sanchez. He's benching favorite of Jed Steele. Yikes type result. When I saw that in the starting lineup, having just brought in Sanchez to be WTF. my rotation goalkeeper with four double game weeks left this season for Brighton. Holy fuck. I could be in real trouble. <laughs> Deserby didn't even say it was because of an injury or because of bad performances, which admittedly Sanchez has had a bit of a wobble. He just said, you know, I have two keepers, Steele and Sanchez, and today Steele. Damn it. That is the worst thing you want to hear as an FPL manager. Yeah, I mean, he's stealing the minutes away from Bob. He must have stole Deserby's heart. It is just a shocker. Like when I saw the team sheet for Brighton, I thought that the official Twitter of Brighton Hove Albion made a mistake in their lineup. Like no way could Steele be starting. And this is a huge problem for you, Bucks. Like, I mean, we can spend a second on it now. Like, what are you going to do? This is somebody you're counting on. Like, thankfully, you didn't go like something crazy with Ward and Sanchez. You do have Peppa. But in terms of the double game week, now you're just at a crossroads. Oh, I got to I got to pray that this comes comes right. And I mean, I'm I'm not optimistic because Steele showed like he he performed all right. I mean, he didn't have many shots to stop, but it wasn't like the they missed a beat. Ah, it's not a good situation. Let's uh, let's keep it moving. Mares, another player who gets a benching, whereas he was a player massively in form a couple game weeks back. Now it seems like the tides have turned. Foden is back on the menu in a big way, and Pep is favoring him with starts, and he's delivering. Such a great decision by Pep to just ride the hot hand. He sees these guys in training every day, and now we see Foden truly taking the reins in what is a amazing kind of run for him. And whether it's Champions League or Premier League, it looks like Foden is is there in a big way. So regardless, I think you want to stay away from both of these players for the time being and focus your transfers elsewhere on these probably Brighton mids if you don't have any. But another midfielder that was disappointing and somebody who you focused on, Bucks, was bring in Maddo versus Southampton. So break down his disappointing performance. You know what? I can't be mad at the call. I think it was actually a really justifiable call. He's been looking in form when he starts. The Leicester attacking engine is really moving and churning along. And he had some great chances. He just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And his teammates kept botching it, specifically Ian Acho. He created... Two massive chances. I thought both those should have been in the back of the net. Easy goals. And then Madison is on a double-digit haul. And Iheanacho was just off it. So that's really frustrating. Madison, he had had a half chance or two as well. So, you know, on his day, when he is really having all the breaks go his way, that could have been a 20-point performance from an FPL perspective. Oh, I mean, slow down, slow down. He he got one point. He took took one shot. He had one point, but he did create two massive chances for Nacho. Could have been on two assists, bonus, like a 10 pointer. I won't, I won't give you 20, but I'll give you half of that. Like he, he was, he he had a, he he had a shot that he had a shot that was really close to going in. So I, I was thinking on a different day, he he's on a goal, two assists and I'm flying and I'm like, you know, I'm running around with big dick energy and instead I'm just here. I'm just here. With, uh, you know, like you said, considering a vasectomy, the way that this uh, this wild card went, it was so brutal. Can't be putting more oh, of man. that energy out into the universe. I mean, I, I can't blame you, dude. Like, I was very close to having Madison in my side as well. I was tinkering with him over the likes of Odegaard or Martinelli. Ended up on Martinelli. 
not a huge difference this week, but moving forward, like they play Chelsea this week, you'll probably bench Madison and opt for your other midfielders, but he does have a nice double in 29 and features in 28. So that's really key for your setup when you're looking at the upcoming game weeks. So better days ahead for Maddo. Yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, the way my FPL season is going, I might be uh, I might be missing more podcasts uh, down the road. Let's <laughs> let's switch our attention to discuss the wild card just in a little bit greater context. And from a macro perspective, I know a lot of the FPL community, especially the engaged managers on Twitter, uh, were really having a go at content creators because. The fact that the blank game weeks in 28 were announced and then the doubles were announced in 29 before this deadline really pushed a lot of managers to say that the optimal strategy was to wildcard like ASAP before 26. And as we've discussed already, and we've mentioned countless times, a lot of those managers have been punished in a real way because Liverpool comes good. A lot of those players were sold out and yeah, just a lot of 50-50 calls seem to go against many managers with popular choices like Henry blanking, whereas Pinnock gets the goal, March gets nothing, Matoma and McAllister, who were popular options on a lot of managers' bench, get returns. So it's looking bad, and it's looking pretty bleak right now. However, I think if you're well eh, set up... Slow, slow your roll, slow your roll, right? Like a wild card is to help base the next kind of four or five game weeks so obviously you took a hit in this game week like again i was looking at my squad probably a 15 point difference your squad maybe a 25 point difference but in general 35 or 40 all right calm down calm down so i mean for most managers though like it's it's a it's a close call that didn't go your way and mainly because liverpool decided to you know just show out in a huge way if that is just like a casual like 2-0 or 3-0 victory which you know still would have been kind of shocking to be honest given united's form then this game week is completely different so it's just the variance of fpl and why it's such a cruel cruel mistress yeah and you know we're well set up for a bench boost in 29 and for the double game week 27 which is coming up next but i think it's it's hard to say that there's an easy way to vision that you're getting those points back easy because i think a lot of managers that didn't wild card can wild card maybe this coming game week you know they gain a week of information now they see that maybe matoma and mcallister are not just uh players that deceive the advanced numbers so they get both those guys maybe skip sanchez dumb me who has them in their side so there's ways that those managers are now benefiting but there's still optimism listen there's a lot of season left that's really all that this comes down to don't give up and don't delete your team because a game week went against you and definitely don't lash out at content creators they're there because they love this game we play this game because we love diving into an extra level beyond just the footy on the pitch so if this fpl game is going to ruin your mood it's going to make you take to be a online troll maybe you need a different hobby damn bucks who slid in your dms and was giving you a lot of shit for uh telling folks to wild card oh wait you weren't even on the pod last week so it was me who was uh facing some uh some interesting questions from the community but no just in general like you know it's 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 a game that we have in addition to watching all of the games live and in real life but um you know it, it is it is macro level like it's just interesting to see like what hive mind can do and what the twitterverse can do but i think the jury's still out in terms of hey if you're if you're game week 26 wild card and you're six doublers in 27 like absolutely haul maybe liverpool only score two goals versus bournemouth it could be a huge swing so what it is but hopefully you're just enjoying the game that we love called fpl yeah and uh, i actually slandered myself and i had some of our uh amazing twitter followers uh run to my defense being like don't don't smash him don't smash him it's uh <laughs> just a game and uh that was really funny both in the dms and on the public timeline with that i think it's time to address our loyal listeners questions let's take a break when we come back we'll get to community questions baby mailbag 
Welcome back to the FPL Blues Podcast. We're going to go through some of the FPL community questions right now. We love when you engage with us on Twitter or in our private WhatsApp groups. So first and foremost, Lucas Zena wants to know, quote unquote, what God did I piss off that anytime I transfer his player out that they haul? For instance, this week I took out Sala and Darwin. Oof, that one really hurts. And because both of us did the same, except on wildcard, it's a tough one. Bucks, what are your what are your thoughts here? I also messaged LZ. He said he's also been burned by Bruno in the past, Mitro as well. So uh, I have to say, I haven't been playing FPL for as long as many content creators, let alone you, Brian. This is definitively the hardest FPL season to date. There's a lot of cancellations, double game weeks. Planning is at a meta level. And I think sometimes the planning gets in the way of the game week right in front of us. So there's often times when you're doing so much planning about two, three game weeks ahead that you kind of miss the forest for the trees, so to speak. And so a lot of casuals are booing up, sinking down. It's been a crazy season in that way. So consistency is key. I think just make it fun and back the players that you want to back. Don't necessarily go for Matoma or Marsh or Sanchez because Bucks or Brian told you to do it because you want to. And, you know, if you're a Chelsea fan, have Reese James in your team, have Ben Chilwell or Jal Felix in your team. FPL points be damned. It should be fun. And you should enjoy looking at your FPL team week in and week out. I echo that completely. Next up, Uzi asks, I'm having very scary thoughts and I might transfer out Holland. Is that utter madness or could it make sense based on the fixtures and the potential value of having a different striker up top? Bucks, this is going to be something that you and I are both weighing up very heavily coming up soon. But first, they play Crystal Palace. Seems like a very smart hold this week, but then they have the blank. So what are you thinking with Holland? Keep or sell? I think I would keep and uh, be risk averse for one more game week. And then I would seriously consider selling for a two week window and then bring him immediately back in the team. There are easy ways to fund this with Kane and some of these cheaper midfielders hauling. So I think it's not a difficult decision, but Uzi, we should note that we are both based in the USA and we do not accept insurance for our therapy sessions. So uh, this could be a very expensive question <laughs> at the end of the day. Personally, for me, looking at my squad, you're using a transfer to take Holland out of your squad. So that's basically four points, right? And then you're going to bring him back into your squad, which is another four points. So if you take his match versus Liverpool in game week 29 and you add it to those eight points, is that going to be greater than the total amount of points that a player like Watkins, Iannaccio, Joe Felix, whoever else you go with, is that going to be close or do you think those other players with three total fixtures are going to outscore them? And it's just an interesting way to look at it. But when you you know value those transfers like you should be, they're really four points a pop. So just something to consider. Personally, for me, though, because I suck at FPL this season, I'll be ripping them out of my squad and using those funds to get in different players uh, coming up. And I'll bring him back in in game week 30. Yeah, I actually want to just voice the other side of this equation. Man City play at home versus Liverpool. I think that's going to be a relatively open game. I think he has Hall potential in that match as he does every game of the season and especially when home at Etihad. And that is going to be coming off an international break where he's likely to be getting some well-deserved rest. So I think if I was going to do it, maybe this Crystal Palace game is more likely the one where he gets a break, considering they have Champions League and a must-win fixture against Red Bull coming up next week. So that's just a kind of uh, voice of, that's just the devil's advocate perspective uh, from Bucks, who's also having a relatively shit season. Hand up. Uh, Brian, you're, <laughs> you're back to being the top manager on the podcast, and I hate to admit that. Let's go. I, to love, I, lo I love to hear that. I can't wait to edit this pod and then play that on repeat for our game weeks coming up. I think he's fully going to start this game week. So you hold him and then you delay the decision one more week and we go from there. But you would want to field usually probably in blank game week 28, like 
9 to 11 is going to be very popular. So it's going to be a big crux that we have to figure out next week. Yeah, fair. Let's go to FPL Masala. He asks, who are the top three Brighton assets in our point of view? I think it's clear that you want to have a Stupininian and two of the midfielders. I think there's very little between those midfield options. If I were to still have my wild card, I would have a Stupininian and I would have Matoma and McAllister based on recency bias. Currently, I would definitely be staying as far away as humanly possible, wearing double masks, being triple, quadruple, (laughs) quintuple vaccinated. Do not go anywhere near Bob the Monster. Yeah, he's giving you the Sunday scaries underneath your bed. Um, I think the more important question is just to rank the three midfielders from Brighton because that's generally who players who have not wildcarded will target this game week. Again, I think Matoma is for the eye test plus his output and his consistency. He's probably the number one. And then it's really tough to decide between Mac Daddy and March. March is in the right positions, but we're seeing with Lalana Hurt that the likes of McAllister is playing in the 10 hole in the 10 role, and he's coming up and getting a lot more chances. With that being said, like he had a very like lucky header assist, and then he had a pen. So those two things don't happen very often. If you look at his game log, he doesn't log a ton of points. So it's a tough call there. So I think you can't go wrong personally with each of those options. Yeah, I would agree. I think for me, Matoma, March, Mac would be the top three in midfield and captaincy Return also. Return of the Mac. Return yeah, captaincy, of the Mac. Captaincy also in that area. All right. Next up, we have at FPL Rennells. How do you say that? I don't know. FPL Rennells. Get into our DMs. Tell us how to properly pronounce your name because we're two <laughs> dyslexic morons over here who also stink at FPL. But we have a podcast. So <laughs> to you, all of you, he asks, is it worth downgrading the third forward to a cheapy kind of four, five million range bench warmer to get Mo Salah back into the side? Yeah, that's a tough one since the likes of Liverpool blank in 28. I'd love to have him for this Bournemouth fixture, which is one of the best you can get in FPL. But given that there are other players that double and he blanks in 28, I would delay that move and decide in the double game week 29 if you want to make that. I would say this question comes down to two factors. One, do you still have your wild card? And two, are you planning to free hit in 28? Because if you are planning for sure to free hit in game week 28, This is a no-brainer move. I want to have Salah against Bournemouth, against the Cherries. They're in 20th place for a reason. They're conceding goals everywhere. And Salah and Liverpool just look like they're back to being the team we feared for the last couple years running. So I think that makes a lot of sense. However, I think if you have bench boost still to think about, again, you don't want to have dead players on your team. So this is all about planning, very team-dependent. So we'd love to speak with you further, FPL. Renellis, I hope this was helpful, and sorry we keep butchering your handle. Yeah, and just further to that, at Mr. Hazi asks, are Liverpool back? And I think we have to admit they are. They're clicking on all cylinders, five clean sheets in the league. If you have their assets, you're in a great position this game week. I think if I wildcarded, I would have at least one wild one Liverpool player in my side and then they have the blank, but then they double. It's a tougher double, but I think 29, they can still put up a lot of points. So they're going to, they're completely back on the menu and some players that I'm going to have to figure out how to shoehorn into my side after double game week 29. Yeah. And I think this will be much clearer after the second leg of their champions league match. They're going to play at Real Madrid down five, two. So I think the betting odds are that they're going to crash out of that competition. So when they only have the premier league to focus on, they could be a real monster. They have a great team. They're getting healthy and they're starting to really click. So I think Gakpo, Salah, Trent. Now there's going to be Jota's back. Firmino's back healthy, but specifically Salah and Trent, I think are going to be two very popular assets down the stretch run of the season. And there's might be time coming up when you're going to want to shift your team to figure out a way to get back on a Liverpool triple up. 
So I don't think that's too far out of the realm of reality. Yeah, I mean, right now you and I both have Kane in our sides with no upcoming doubles, and Kane is likely going to make way for either Darwin or double moved to Salah for me in the future. Okay, last question we have is from at run CMC, a.k.a. Corey. He wants to know, best captain this game week, Tony, Matoma, or Mac Daddy? And this also bleeds into our transfers and captaincy shouts segment, Bucks. So why don't you take it from here? What do you think between these three options? Well, I think the fixtures would say Brighton have the better go of it. They have a home match, whereas Brentford play twice on the road. So I think the fact that Tony has penalties and he has been such a lethal scorer would make me lean to have him be the priority captain. However, as I am chasing, I will not be on any of these three guys. I am likely to have March Madness, as you mentioned. My daughter was born (laughs) in March. I'm keeping the faith. Solly, do not let me down, baby. Hey, I can't fault you there, Bucks. I think even Stupinion is an option as well, like. These are two pretty cupcake fixtures when you're looking at the schedule for the defense at Brighton as well. And, you know, now you don't have any of those Bob the Monster problems in your side, just giving up clean sheets, you know, giving up uh, 94th minute penalty kicks. And that guy has fucked me multiple times this season. So maybe Steele is going to be the guy to actually help bank these clean sheets. But, you know, at Leeds and then home versus Crystal Palace, those those teams suck. I mean, Palace is probably worse than Leeds, and I think Le- Leeds could be worse than Crystal Palace. They're garbage. So I could easily see the floor of a defender like a Stupinion with some assist potential. He could get nine points and then maybe another six. Like, he could easily be on 15 points. But the way that the attack is humming, I couldn't fault you if you go for one of these mids from Brighton. What a world we're living in where we're just like, yeah, all in on Brighton captaincy. What is going on? Well, Deserby is an all-out, all-attack-minded coach. So I think that the Brighton mids are going to feast. The issue is there's, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. There are three quality options just in their midfield, and they're not going to get every single goal contribution between the three of them. So that would be why I think a lot of the FPL community are leaning to Tony. He's on penalty kicks. He's lethal from the spot. And he's clearly their most important player. So even though they have two away matches, Everton being the one that I think is the harder of the two, I think yeah. they're all they're all good options. And Everton away is is not like the uh, the stronghold of uh, of the Premier League, so to speak. Yeah, and whenever Tony gets an assist or and a goal, especially, he is automatically on bonus. He's really great in the bonus section as well. And man. I think that was one of the highlights of the week was actually him staring down the goalkeeper when he took his penalty kick and they did it a replay and the announcers did a really good job in the U S at least like really zoning in on his eye contact with the keeper. And he didn't even look down at the ball. He's I think like 95% right now. I think he's like 20 of 22 or 20 of 21 from the spot for Brighton in the premier league, truly an incredible PK taker. So until he gets uh, shipped off to the old uh, stronghold uh, jail cell, he's a good option for captaincy. Oh, geez, Luis. I will say uh, I have had my hot takes about penalty kicks, and I think Tony is the perfect example of how it should be done. There should not be any of this bullshit stop, start, yeah. Hop, rag the leg, jump, blah, yeah, jumping, yeah. flipping, blipping, whatever it is. I think you should just have to do a one or two step and shoot the damn ball. And Tony is proof that you could still do it in a really great and high percentage way. And he has missed one penalty kick, I think, in his time in the Premier League. So he is an incredibly talented player, definitely a big six level player, but he's doing business for Brentford. Unfortunately, he's also doing a lot of business with their lead shirt sponsor, (laughs) Hollywood Bets. So uh, a kind of unfortunate double win for the Brentford team. All right. All right. So let's talk about transfers and captain shouts, and then we'll get out of here. Bucks. We obviously just both came off a wild card. I will be rolling because I have six double game week players. I'm going to have the likes of Raya and goal with Henry and a And then in the midfield, I'll have March and Matoma. 
and then Tony up top. So I look great to roll. Happy to do so. The bench boost in 27 on a normal you know season actually is kind of kind of tasty. Like right now I'm benching like a crazy amount of my top talent players. Zinchenko, Martinelli, Dan Byrne, all on my bench this week, but it is what it is. And hopefully those guys will be in form for game week 28 when I have to deploy them. Now let's shift gears. Let's Wait, talk who's your captain? Gears. Brian, who's your captain? Oh, captain right now is Tony and then Matoma on the vice. You know, maybe I'll have a vision propelled by a lot of alcohol on Friday night, but I, I think I'm going to stick with Tony and uh, go with them. So let's shift to you. So you have this somehow Bob the Monster Sanchez problem out of nowhere. You know, you actually only have two players from Brighton. So have you, you only have two players from Brentford. What are your thoughts on just moving the likes of Sanchez onto Raya, who is one of the top goalkeepers in FPL this season? Yeah, it's definitely something I'm thinking about it hurts to take a minus eight then wild card and then potentially need to consider another minus four but that's the bleak situation that i'm in right now and i can't cry over spilt milk in the past because i just need to play the matches as i mentioned earlier that are right in front of me and i need to be ambitious i want to rise the ranks i'm not happy being 600k overall so i can either be pragmatic roll out five double game weekers i think i have four of the strongest ones. Uh, but then it's really the the fifth one is a bugaboo for me. And the question is, do I make a very straightforward swap a week early, get off one of my Arsenal mids who do not have any more double game weeks this season and go a move like Sanchez to Raya, as you mentioned, and then maybe bring in a player like Matoma or McAllister. It's very sideways. I don't really love it, but I think long-term it's going to get me three extra double game weeks. And the fact that Sanchez is not certain to be nailed, that's almost a nail in the coffin that I have to make this move. So uh, it's definitely something that I'm weighing up. If I bring in Matoma or McAllister, I'll be tempted to captain them. Right now, my bus team has Tony Vice March as my captain. So again, I'm I'm either going to roll and be pragmatic or I'm going to bucks wild and get the hit going. Hit machines for the rest of the season. Look, you're not going to cry if you bring in Raya. So that could be a solid move. And at that point, you're just like, what am, what am I doing? Like, I'm, you know, not in a place where I would want to be to finish the season. Chase the upside. Enjoy the double game week. What's another minus four? You've been taking minus eights a couple times this season. May as well take the minus four. And they're going to double again in game week 29. And then they have another future double coming up. So getting on a triple up on the right players from Brighton. You made a mistake. You can fix it this game week. And that should be simple enough. Yeah, that's fair. The issue is with Raya versus Sanchez is that they're outfield players, especially in midfield. I think that is the most valuable position in the game right now. So taking unnecessary hits to get guys out, like I did basically wildcarding to get out Sala, that immediately punished me. I could see it coming back to haunt me two game weeks in a row. That's really the logic behind it. And you mentioned my hit propensity. This season, I actually have two minus eights and only three minus fours. So I have been more disciplined than in seasons past, but uh, everything else is going awry. So uh, I think the time is now to make this fun, to get the players that have the best fixtures in the immediate game week and to play that way, play aggressive. Don't think about those minus fours as killing rank even further because it's only the points in the total column that count towards your OR. It doesn't really matter. Uh, hits, no hits, whatever, whatever, all the points count the same. So I think, especially if I'm going to captain one of the players that I bring in, it's almost a no brainer. Okay. So if you do take that hit March use in your side, so you're looking at Matoma or McAllister, where are you thinking about going? I think I would probably do Matoma again. I think he's more involved and I love the fact that he has the most penalty area touches from Brighton midfielders. McAllister is a player that is beloved by the advanced stats. However, if you look, I think you mentioned this earlier in the podcast, I think this is his second or maybe his first double digit return of the entire season. So I think he's incredibly reliant 
on penalty kicks to really get the goals. And I don't want to be captaining assist machines. I want to be captaining guys who are going to score goals, potentially multiple goals. I think Matoma, March has that in them, as do Tony. So I think for me, those are the clear three of the best captaincy options this game week. All right. So taking a look at McAllister specifically since the World Cup wildcard where he won the freaking cup, he came back game week 19. This is his game log since game week 19. One points, three points, one point, zero points. He had a rest. 1.2 points, 14. Like he's obviously relying on pens. He'll, he could, he's a quality player. He could get more points, but you compare that to the form of Matoma and just the way that we've seen him score goals in this kind of run since the World Cup restart. I would, if I were you, go with Matoma. More fun for the eye test, and you're not going to be as reliant on pens, which you have Tony for as your potential vice captain. So you have some decisions to make, but I think the minus four is basically etched in stone. Yeah, and it's just worth mentioning that in the future, I'm also probably going to have to take a minus four. I'm going to bring back Trent into my team at some point. He is a defensive machine and has so much attacking upside. And the way Liverpool are playing. Defensive probably... machine. Well, slow your roll. Slow your roll. He, he's, a, he's a machine. <laughs> I, I, meant, I, I, <laughs> I bungled my words. Liverpool are a defensive machine right now, especially at home. And his attacking yeah. upside just is FPL gold. So There I think you go. He, there you go. He's a future minus four waiting to happen as well. So uh, tune in next week to our upcoming podcast where Bucks takes another hit. Uh, It's going to be a story of the hits keep coming for our podcast. Look, I feel like we know what we're talking about, but we're having shitty seasons. So you got to have fun with it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to make a decent run in the final 12 game weeks of the season. So I think let's uh, end the pod there, Bucks. Welcome back. It's good to uh, be behind the mic. I feel like we brought the fucking energy tonight. I feel like we had some vibes going. We had some fuego going. A little break for you between raising your two little girls out there in Brooklyn. And uh, man, please follow us on social at FPL Blues Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Engage with us. Slide in our DMs. We love it all. And listen, if you want to contribute to the podcast, reach out to us. If you'd like to be a guest host, we'd love to get more engagement from our loyal listeners. Shout out to you, Brian, for hosting the last two podcasts. And shout out to our listeners. Let's all grab some well-deserved green arrows in Double Game Week 27.